0: Welcome to Peak Tales, a conversation about chromatography. Now, here's your host, John. Good day, Peak Tale listeners. This is a program note. As you may already know, we have set up a special communication email. It is peaktails at agilent.com. All one word peaktails at agilent.com. We've heard from several of you who are listening to the podcast, giving us suggestions of topics to present, and we haven't heard from you yet. So please go on over and send us an email. We'll, be, we'll do our best to. Um, accommodate you. All right, let's jump right into today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about good housekeeping for your HPLC. And it is my pleasure to have Mark back on the microphone with us. How are you, Mark? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back. It's awesome. All right. So, uh, Let's get started. I know you've, uh, you've got a few things uh, to talk about today. These are important things. They may be overlooked. Quite often
1: overlooked, yeah. And when you had in first invited me, you had asked me to talk about maintenance. And well, I thought that maybe it would be a little challenging in a podcast format. So I thought it would be great to talk about some of the daily housekeeping routines that, uh, that maybe get overlooked quite often. We do have a, a number of uh, webinars and um, content on, on maintenance of HPLC, so be sure to check those out if you do have questions about maintenance. But uh, you know, some of the little things that you want to do every day, let's, let's go through some of those. Um, yeah, let's get on it. What I, um, you know, some of the biggest problems and most difficult to troubleshoot, I think, start in the solvent bottle, and um, you know, it, it often gets overlooked what goes into that bottle. Make sure you're not making up too much mobile phase. Try not to make more than what you're going to use every one to two days. Um, and make sure you're when you're making up your mobile phase every day, get a clean bottle. Make sure that bottle's clean. Try to avoid detergents when you're cleaning it. You just want to rinse it with the solvent that you're going to use for that particular bottle. And don't just top off your bottles. Start with a, a cleaned bottle that's been rinsed, like I said, with the solvent that you're going to be using. And I, I, you know, it's quite surprising, but I talk to a lot of customers who have something growing in their solvent bottle. Believe it or not, and um, if you use a, a brown bottle, that's really going to help keep down that algae growth that might start growing on that bottle
0: if it's it's in that bottle if it's sitting there for a few days. Yeah, and you know what I mean. We ship with most of our systems at least several of those amber bottles. And what I find is that they're usually in the drawers somewhere because <laughs> uh, people opt for the clear bottles. It's, it's just to force of habit. Right, so right, go exactly. dig out those, those amber bottles. If you, if you don't have any, we'll be more than happy to supply you with some. Just Just get in touch with us, and we can kind of make that happen for you.
1: Now, a few tips if you're working with buffers. Um, you know It's a good idea. You probably should be filtering your buffers if you're not doing that already. I, I think most people probably do filter their buffers. I, you don't necessarily have to, you know, if you're buying a good HPLC-grade solvent, maybe just adding formic acid or trifluoroacetic acid, you might not have to filter those if, as long as they're of good quality. But make sure you're filtering any buffer mobile phases that you're making up. And, and when you're working with buffers, um, there's a good chance if you're using an Agilent system, you might have the seal wash option installed on your system. But surprisingly, I, I, I talked to a lot of customers who don't know what it is, don't even know that it's on their instrument. Um, so make sure you're checking that routinely, make sure the tubing's hooked up, checking the solvent levels, making sure they're topped off. It's going to help um, prolong the life of your pistons and the, and the seals in your system to avoid that crystallization on the, on the seals that can cause scratching and, and premature wear of that seal. Now it, it, it has a, a peristaltic pump that will flush the solvent through the, the pump heads it's a good idea just to put your finger on it, just to check to see if it's working. You know, you can feel the the motion inside just to make sure it's working.
0: And typically that seal wash solvent should be what? What do you recommend?
1: Uh, Usually it's 10% isopropanol in water.
0: Okay. All right. And and if you don't have the seal wash option, uh, most Agilent HPLCs can be retrofitted for the seal wash option out in the field. So uh, don't despair. If you are working with uh, heavy buffers and... um, and you want to make sure your system is as clean as possible and maintain that uptime, seal wash might be a good option for you.
1: Now, about organic solvents that people are using, I mean, I think a large majority of people are using acetonitrile probably on their LC system. Now, it's probably a good idea to try to avoid using 100% acetonitrile and letting it, especially letting it sit on your system for a while. Again, you want to make up what you're going to use for just a couple of days and change out that acetonitrile every couple of days. Because if it sits on the system, it actually can polymerize. And if that happens in the LC system, it can start to coat the check valves uh, in the system and cause them to stick. You might end up with retention time problems because of that. Now... To help avoid this, it's a good idea once in a while, maybe every month, to flush the system with warm water, maybe 60 to 70 degrees Celsius, um, about a liter of that, solv- of, that, of that water warmed up, about two mils per minute, just to flush out any, um, any of those acetonitrile uh, contaminants that might be getting caught in the system. Back to buffers again, you know, if you are running buffers, like I said, this water wash can also help um, remove any crystallization, any precipitation of any buffer salts in the system as well. Also in your solvent bottle, probably sitting at the bottom of the the bottle, at the end of the tubing, going into the pump, there's going to be a solvent inlet filter. Hopefully you have a solvent inlet filter, sometimes they get forgotten too. But there should be a glass, maybe stainless steel, filter at the bottom of that tubing. You want to check this probably weekly, maybe every couple of weeks, just to make sure nothing's building up on that filter. Maybe some buffer crystals might be forming. Um, and, and the glass filter is really easy to check. It, the, the filter is a white color, so look for any yellowing that might be indicative of something building up on that glass solvent filter. Um, If if something does start to clog these frits on these inlet filters, they can lead to flow restriction, retention time problems, um, and even bubble formation, which could cause problems for your degasser.
0: So for the beginning here, you focused a lot on the top of the instrument, right? Dealing with Exactly,
1: exactly. The solvent bottles, a lot of the problems start up there and
0: they're gonna flow down through the rest of the instrument. All All right, so what about the rest of the LC system or the things that we can do there Uh, to help, just general good housekeeping.
1: Yeah, so if you have an Agilent quaternary system, uh, a quaternary pump on your LC system, and you're using the multi-channel gradient valve, it's a good idea to use the lower channels for any buffers you might be using, that's A and the D channel. Um, As I mentioned, uh, make sure you flush all these channels in the valve, again with water, just to make sure to remove any buffer salts that might start to build up in that valve. Uh, moving down the, the flow path into the auto-sampler, it's a good idea when you're doing your purging. You're putting your new solvent bottle on for the day. When you're purging the system, toggle the valve in the injection. The injection valve, you can toggle that between the two positions, main pass and bypass, just to help flush out that valve. Make sure there's nothing trapped in there. Um, you know, help to clean it out as you're getting the system ready for the day.
0: Actually, in your software um most uh, Agilent systems give you the ability to, uh, to do that, and it's, it's just a command in the software where you can switch that valve back and forth while you're doing this cleaning process. Very simple step, uh, often people don't know where to look. Look on the controls of the auto sampler, and there you'll see the valve and the way to manually uh, kind of actuate that. Yeah, exactly, help flush that out before
1: you get started for the day. Now, if you're using a UV detector, it's a good idea to let that lamp warm up for a, for a, for a while, um, maybe about an hour as, for best results. And, and throughout the day, if you're using the instrument periodically, try to avoid turning it off too frequently. This can actually short, help shorten the life of the lamp as well. Um, and when you're getting started, maybe you wanna, before you start doing your sample injections for the day, just run a few blanks, make sure everything looks clean, make sure everything looks nice and flat, nice flat baseline. You know, Give yourself a good start for the day as well with that.
0: Right, you don't wanna be doing chromatography on something that's left over in the system for exactly, the day before. Exactly, exactly. Right. All right, now, now you're done for the day, right? What about shutting down the system? What are some best practices there?
1: Yeah, so a lot of people, um, when they're leaving the system overnight, they'll just, um, you know, set the system to run a low flow rate overnight and just, you know, keep things moving through the system. Sometimes you don't want the column to sit in a certain mobile phase, but if you've got a low flow rate, say 0.1 milliliters per minute overnight, that's usually pretty good. Um, now, if you're shutting down the system for a while, you want to try to store the column as appropriate for that, that particular phase. You know, you want to check the, the guide for your, for your column. So just be careful there.
0: Yeah, then back to, uh, back to having your system run at 0.1 mil per minute. I know a lot of people, they have like a shutdown method. So after their sequence runs, they just have this method which brings the flow rate down. Uh, If they're done for the day, then that turns off the lamp. So it's kind of an automated, they call it a shutdown method. And um, I know in the chem station and open lab CDS, uh, products, there are some default shutdown methods that are a good starting point right. uh, for you on that, but that's just something else uh, to keep in mind. And then you were just talking about if, you know, you're not going to s- use the system for a week, which happens from time to time, right. uh, then you yeah. might want to do Store something the column.
1: And, and that shutdown method might be appropriate for, you know, shutting down the column for that day, too. So, you know, give us a call, certainly, if you want help with additional help uh, setting up a shutdown method. Now, if you are going to let the system sit for a while... Without being used. Then you'll want to flush with something like 50 50 methanol water or isopropanol water mixture as well. I, I tend to prefer isopropanol. It doesn't evaporate quite as quickly as methanol, so it can last a little bit longer if you're letting it sit for some time. And I could actually speak from experience on this one. I, once I was putting a flow cell into storage and um, apparently I left it with just water in it, not realizing that, and when I went to reinstall it, I realized that the UV signal I, you know, was much lower than I was expecting, so I pulled out the flow cell again just to check it out and opened it up just to see, you know, I thought maybe I could just clean it out if there was just something, you know, some, some contamination from a sample or something like that that was on it. But when I opened it up to, you know, I was thinking I could clean it or maybe replace the, the windows. I actually saw a green residue on the flow cell windows, which was indicative of, of some algae growing in that flow cell. So, again, be sure not to let, you know, if you're not using a flow cell for a while, flush it with isopropanol and especially not the LC system. Don't let it sit in just plain water. Something's
0: probably going to start growing in there. Thank you for the uh, admitting that uh, real life example of the flow <laughs> cell aquarium. Uh, thanks, Mark. We we do appreciate you sharing these uh, housekeeping tips with us. Now, here's my suggestion to the listeners: Why don't you go back and re-listen to this episode? Make your own your own reminder list, right? So go ahead and put a calendar reminder every Monday morning or every Friday afternoon, just with the steps that uh, Mark went through on today's episode just so that you have them so you, you check your solvent system you check your pump you check your filters you, you, you switch the bypass valve just those different things that you can do on a routine basis weekly that will help keep your HPLC in tip-top shape so again mark thanks so much for joining us today and we look forward to hearing from you on another episode of the podcast great thanks john Thanks for listening to this episode of Peak Tales. For more information on what was discussed today, contact your local Agilent representative or go online to agilent.com.